0: Hi, my name is Jeremy Wagstaff. You're listening to Living in a Pandemic. Hi, Jeremy.
1: How are you? Very nice to hear from you.
0: It's March the 28th, 2020. There are 591,171 confirmed cases of COVID-19, 91 of them in Afghanistan. Around the world, 30,451 people have died. I first visited Afghanistan in 1996, shortly after the Taliban had taken Kabul to everyone's surprise. I was in my first stint with Reuters then, at a time when they would just point reporters in the direction of a war and tell us to find our way there and report back. At Kabul airport, the Reuters stringer Salahuddin was there to meet me, and by the time we got to the guest house, we were both rolling around on the back seat of the taxi with laughter. Given the dire straits of the country, it probably wasn't the best look, but his dark humour and my silliness forged a tight bond between us. But there's never a fairy tale ending for Afghanistan, and Salahuddin has stayed on when he could so easily have left, continuing to report on the country. We had trouble finding a way to talk to each other, so this interview is stitched together from various messages we left for one another, His humour is still there in the background, but COVID-19 threatens to only worsen his country's plight. Yeah, I was was wondering first off, you know, what's happened in the intervening years? So the kind of last time we saw each other was in 2010, right? For the election there. So I'm assuming you're still in Kabul. I saw from your Facebook uh,
1: picture that you've got uh, kids or a kid and a family. Yeah, the last time we met back in 2009 or 10 you're uh, here in Kabul uh, covering or overseeing the election process here it was uh, one of the sort of uh, era that uh, we had relative calmness at least in major cities since then things have gone really bad in many parts of the country especially in major cities which were regarded as secure until a few years ago the Taliban have broadened their activities, stepped up their attacks, and we have got new militant groups emerging in various parts of the country. Well, I think for obvious reasons, uh, people have realized that corona is another calamity or disaster that is uh, befalling on Afghanistan. Coronavirus has become uh, like a monster, an invisible enemy for some people in Afghanistan. Those who are literate, those who are aware of what's going on outside Afghanistan, they know that it's a, a very big disaster, very major crisis for Afghanistan. When big powers, advanced nations like China, the United States, Italy, France and Spain have not been able to curb the spread of the virus, find medicine and vaccine for it, a poor and impoverished country like Afghanistan, which is locked in the middle of power struggle and then facing Taliban and uh, Daesh, will find it really, really tough to prevent the spread of this uh, virus. Official government estimates indicate that uh, at least three people have passed away because of the virus and at least 120 people are contaminated. But I think it will take really much time for people and the government to know and realize the extent of uh, this crisis because the government has got little resources, little clinics and very few uh, diagnostic centers that... Uh, can basically prove how many people are contaminated, uh, some people ignore the crisis others who i uh, who are filing the news by television and social media and radio know that this is a big threat for afghanistan
0: what does it mean for you? Have you been told that you kind of have to work from home yet
1: and in some parts of the city that I went to Two, it was business as usual, people were hugging, people were shaking hands, shops were open, it was huge crowd but some other parts uh, you could see that there was less traffic movement, shops were closed, uh, police were uh, sort of shutting down uh, shops who were not uh, obeying the government orders, like uh, those shops who were necessarily shouldn't have been open like tailor shop, uh, mechanics. Uh, they were open, but the government were forcing them to close down. So unless I think people see by their own eyes in Afghanistan, I think those who ignore it will keep on ignoring this.
0: What kind of measures have you taken with your family? How have you explained to your to your kids about this and, and what they should do?
1: It's silly. That for some people, including me, I've got four kids. It's my wife, myself, and four kids that... Uh, or in the family, two of them are boys, two of them are girls. Uh, My mother and sisters uh, are living outside Afghanistan. They are also in quarantine in Birmingham in England. I have to confine myself most of the time at home, but sometimes when I need to buy something urgent stuff, uh, I have to venture out. But uh, sometimes in my age and then given our profession, we are a bit adventurous, uh, tend to go out, but for, for a very brief period. As far as work is concerned, yes, uh, I have been advised to basically operate and work from home. There are positive and negative things to operate from home. You cannot concentrate. That's one as- bad aspect. Another negative aspect of this uh, professional in Kabul is because if you don't have electricity at home and if you have got weak internet, you cannot work properly. It's really tough but. Uh, It will go on for another three weeks officially, but unofficially we do not know how long more people will have to confine themselves at home and what the government can do in terms of dealing with the crisis. If there are fatalities, if people need to be quarantined in schools and hospitals, the government has got really meager resources. Uh, I've explained it to... Of my ability to my kids, uh, close neighbors, and relatives who also have been pursuing uh, the events through televisions and radios, they also know uh, we have to take uh, this matter very seriously. But sometimes, I think, in a country, in a city like Kabul, where things run out food, medicine, all this, we have to go out. I mean, it's okay for me and for some people who can afford to, I think, stock staff at home, but there are hundreds of thousands of people who survive and live on, on outdoor works, on daily works. If they cannot work on the street as hawkers or as road sellers, as porters, they don't have any means for survival and the government has not offered them anything and uh, it's the hygiene requirement that we have to follow seriously and then sometimes when I come out from outside the home my kids and I forget uh, to wash my hands my kids inform me and pinpoint that that, that's the the detergent, that's the soap you have to wash sorry, go to the, the washroom and wash your hands because you forgot it and then you don't want to spread it to us we don't want you to get contaminated, it's good for us so uh, that that gives me a sort of sense of happiness that they are tuned up, they know what to do. And if I forget it myself, they inform me about this. But it's, it's really tough for many people in Kabul. Kabul is a city with six million people. The pollution is really bad. Uh, in its peak season, it's summer and then autumn and winter. Spring, we had days of rain. It has basically ca- cleared off the clouds and the pollution... uh and smoke and dust to some extent but the uh, coming weeks will be hard for people if we don't have rain and then uh, the, the lockdown inside the sea and then uh, it will be really a really tough period if god forbid the, this disease or virus uh, stays around it becomes an uh, an epidemic a, epidemic in, Af- in afghanistan in kabul in particular hi uh, i'm just trying to try this one just while you're talking to see whether this is
0: easier and whether they cut you off after a minute, as it does with uh, Facebook Messenger. It's a, it's a shame that, you know, you're just telling me all this interesting stuff, and then Facebook stops you and makes you start all over again. Um, This is all really interesting stuff. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd love to hear a bit more about how your uh, kids are are coping and, and, um, you know, what do you what you think might be ahead for them? So many other things to worry about, I'm sure. But this, this Sort of coming on top of all that must, be, must feel very uh, very strange and a, and a huge weight for you, I guess, as, as, the, as the father of four.
1: I'm worried about people inside Afghanistan, outside Afghanistan, my family, my kids. People have been deprived from going to school, from their routine work, livelihood. It's uh, really, really a huge burden for many people here like as it is in other parts of the world but uh, people here uh, mostly uh, taking the brunt of this uh, looming crisis because we have meager resources, the world is uh, uh, decreasing its attention in Afghanistan, there is a war going on and then there is deep political crisis uh, within the establishment in in Kabul and uh, um, mm. My kids haven't been able to go to school in the past one week, and then they will have to continue this way for another three, three weeks as an experiment. And if the virus spreads around, uh, this will drag on for unknown period. Uh, so it's really, really tough uh, time for many people uh, in major cities in Afghanistan, in rural parts of Afghanistan. But uh, a city like Kabul will not be able, I think, to stand uh, with this crisis given that there are less health facilities the government does not have the mechanism and means and resource to deal with an unpredictable situation we have to sort of be optimistic and count on each other and then be hopeful and rely on God apart from taking precautions that we can we can we can and we have got at our disposals
0: thanks for this Salahuddin. it's really interesting. How do you see things developing in the next week or so? You know, at the high level, what Afghanistan is going to do, what is it facing, but also what you as a family are going to
1: face? As far as I have followed the trend or the pattern of uh, uh, this virus uh, in the first weeks when there is an outbreak or spread of the cases, uh, uh, there are low positive uh, instances or uh, Less people are being contaminated, but as the day goes, as the week passes, I think you've got more people contaminated by this. So Afghanistan is going, I think, through a similar pattern. God forbid if uh, things happen to be as worse as Iran, as Italy, France, Spain, or the United States and China, I think things will really be disastrous here in Afghanistan because of the reasons that I mentioned earlier on uh, lack of health facilities or meager government resources and then medical uh, uh, kits that are essential for checking this virus with the closure of the borders and halt of flights uh, in the region And uh, the reliance that Afghanistan has on food imports and other commodities from the region and the world, I think things will really, really get worse for the people in Afghanistan if we have got an outbreak that's out of control. I've got some stock of food and medicine for a few weeks, but beyond that, uh, like the rest of the population, not much. Uh, So we have to see how it goes, and we have to take it uh, but not much we can do, I think, to to prevent this problem, to control this problem. We can perhaps purchase some food staff tomorrow or for the day after tomorrow to keep us running for another several months. Uh, beyond that, I think we cannot do much. We have to wait and see how it goes and then try to prevent the kids from going out, except for emergency situation. We have to take all our precautionary measures uh,
0: Thanks, Salahuddin. I'll let you go. I realise I've kept you longer than I should have done. I, I hope I haven't worn out your uh, your battery either.
1: Hi, Jeremy. My battery juice has come to an end. Very nice talking to you. We'll be in touch whenever. Yeah. Time take care of yourself and uh, uh, pray for us. We will pray for you. All the very best, man.
0: That's Sayed Salahuddin talking from Afghanistan. If you'd like to donate to help the country, particularly at this time, visit afghanaid.org.uk or search on globalgiving.org. As with all the friends I talk to on this podcast, I'll be going back to them in a week or so's time and see how they're getting on. If you have questions for them, or for me, or comments, you can reach me at pandemic at cleftstick.com. You've been listening to Life in a Pandemic, produced by myself, Jeremy Wagstaff, and Sari Sulasono. If you're not already doing so, please subscribe so you can catch future episodes and find old ones. And if you like it enough, make your feelings known on iTunes or whatever service you're listening to this on. If you'd like to comment or participate, please drop us a line at pandemic at My name is Jeremy Wagstaff. Goodbye for now and stay well wherever you are.